0: Good evening, I'm thankful for this beautiful Lord's Day, we're thankful that we have the opportunity to worship God, thankful for all the blessings that we have. You know, we live in a world where there's a lot of things that try to to get us. We talked about it a little bit this morning, how the world tries to influence us to do that which is evil. And so we live in this world, and there is a lot in this world that is very tempting, there's a lot about this, the things that go on in our world that are alluring. They're designed really to, to draw us away from God, to seduce us away from God. And so, how do we deal with trans, uh, temptation when it comes? You know, uh, one of the, the great things, most beautiful thoughts in the Bible is our relationship to God and his, the way it is expressed. Uh, the relationship, our relationship with God as a father who chastens his children. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, it says, Furthermore, we have had fathers of our, own, of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. And without holiness, no man shall see the Lord, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 10 tells us. An equally trans, uh, transcendent thought is stirred by the words concerning the promises of God in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. So he is a father who chastens. He is a father also who uh, has given us these exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And so you think about this, we have escaped, and keep that word escape in mind. It comes from the Greek word apo fuego, My favorite Greek word by far is fuego, translated flee or flee from. And so they have, Fled from the corruption that is in the world through lust. You know, by uh, Brother Guy and Woods wrote, By availing themselves of these precious and exceeding great promises, they are privileged to share in the divine nature, the holy character that God possesses. And so God, uh, as a father, chastens us unto holiness, and we have escaped from the lust of the world uh, with the promises of God. Now, along with these thoughts, there is the haunting awareness, though, of the corruption that is in the world through lust, from which we have once escaped. And the awareness of this corruption can take us again captive through lust. Uh, Notice 2 Peter 2, and verse 18. It says, For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from those who live in error and then down in verse 20 it says for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ they are again entangled therein and overcome the latter end is worse with them than the beginning and so the, the thought that those who have clean escape from those that live in error those who have escaped from the uh the the sin that is in this world Can somehow be brought back into it, entangled once again. And the idea there is like a fish caught in a net, entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse than the beginning. And so, you know, there's a great contrast here between standing with God in holiness and, you know, that self inflicted fall into corruption. You know, what a contrast. The contrast couldn't be more vivid. To go from blessedness to corruption, how can this take place? How does this happen? You know, in view of this, uh, this we consider that we can enter in and bring about the sharp division between good and evil. You know, notice uh, I want us to talk about temptation and sin, especially uh, the language of temptation. You know, in the New Testament, there are two Greek words and their derivatives, which are primary ones to consider. Concerning temptation. And so I want us to, to note these, and I'll probably mispronounce these, but peradso is probably the most commonly found word uh, translated temptation. It means uh, to, it, well, it came from a word that meant, means to search into, then to attempt a certain thing. Later it came to signify trying something with intention. And finally it came to mean what it means most often in the New Testament to tempt with a view that one will fall into sin against God. And so it's just really, it means to test or to try or to search into something. Now, applied most often in the New Testament, though, is, is, is the idea of bringing us into sin. R.C. Trench uh, wrote, uh, putting to the test with the intention and the desire that the prude may, turn, may not turn out approved, but reprobate and break down under the test. Consequently, it is applied to the solicitations and suggestions of Satan that are always made with a malicious hope. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, for instance, says, Defraud ye not one another, or one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again. That Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. And that idea clearly is the idea of tempting to sin. And Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10 is used slightly different. It says, fear none of those things which shall suffer, which ye shall suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried and shall have tribulation ten days. But be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So again, the devil, he he tempts us. He, He puts us in situations where we're tempted to go back from following Christ Satan is called the tempter and he ever reveals himself as such Matthew chapter 4 and verse 3 it says and the tempter came unto Jesus and so there is that word perazo most often translated uh, temptation Uh, another common word is that of dokimazo which uh, the idea is comes from the smelting of metals. In the New Testament, it has the thought of subjecting the heat as in melting into trial in religious topics so that what is tried is of genuine nature. It's like how you would know the purity of a, of a sample of gold is you would melt it and see what impurities were there uh, to find out if it was pure gold. And again, uh, R.C. Trench wrote this, He said, the ore is thrown into the refining pot in the expectation that though it may be mingled with dross, it is not all dross. And some good purified metal will emerge from the fiery trial and the test that God brings as the refiner of his church. His intention is not to find his saints pure gold, but to make them pure gold by purging out their dross. He is the God who tests our hearts. And that goes along with the idea of the chastening of the Lord. It is brought about to bring us to holiness, to, to purify us. Now, that word dokimazo and the, the Greek word, other, other word, pyridzo, uh, both of the roots behind those words are found in James chapter 1, verse 12, where it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. That's your pirazzo there. And when he is tried, that is your dokimazo, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. And then in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, again it says examine yourselves. And that goes back to the, uh, the original meaning of the word to search into something to, to find out what it is. And, and that's the, the word pirazo there. Examine yourself. Tempt yourself. In other words, look into yourself. See what's there. Consider yourself. Examine yourself. Whether you be in the faith. Prove your own faith. There is the second word there. Dokimazo. Prove your own faith. Put it to the test. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except you be reprobates. And that word reprobate is the word dokimazo negated. It's a dokimazo. A donkey mozo. <laughs> that's what I keep wanting to say. I keep thinking about Denver Broncos when I say that, but... <laughs> A donkey mozo. Whatever. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going there anymore. All right. That's the opposite of passing the test. That's failing the test, in other words. And so uh, we've got to put ourselves to the test to make sure that we're in the faith. Otherwise, we might fail the test. And that's really the point uh, we're getting at with 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5 now where does temptation what is the source of temptation and you know what is the birth of sin and so let's turn over to uh, James chapter 1 James chapter 1 beginning in verse 13 well, we can back it up to verse 12 we just read it and do it again blessed is a man that endureth temptation for when he is tried He shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. You know, Satan seeks to, to test God's people, hoping that they will forsake God and become submissive to his ways. You know, James provides a, a, a most striking discussion of how temptation operates. Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. God does not tempt anyone with a view of His doing sin. God does put us to the test. He does uh, uh, apply the the dokimazo to us. and and He puts us to the test. He refines us in that way. But He does not tempt us to do evil. You know, there's nothing more emphatic that could be said. That God cannot tempt us to do evil. He's not tempted and He will not tempt. Wherever temptation comes from, it does not come from God. And so verse 14 tells us where it does come from. You know, the earliest stirrings that lead to sin arises from our own desire. You know, in contrast to verse 13, he says, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Uh, This word here, uh, uh, drawn away, uh, means to draw out metaphorically, to lure forth. And hunting and fishing as, a game, as game is lured from its hiding place, so man uh, by lure is allured from the safety of self-restraint to sin. James 1, verse 14, The language of the hunting is transferred to the seduction of a harlot. And that's from Thayer's uh, dictionary. The devil tries to lure us into sin using our own lusts As the baits. Mark chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Here uh, in the uh, parable of the sower, Jesus gives his explanation of those that uh, heard the word that were among the thorns. It says, These are they which are sown among the thorns, such as heard the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things. Entering in, choke the word, and it become unfruitful. You know, here is a picture of one who has heard the gospel. It's been implanted in their heart, and and they have become a Christian. But over time, they're choked out by the cares and the lusts of other things. You know, the cares of this world, we all have those. You know, we all have a job. We all... uh, need to make payments we need to eat we need to have a place to live the cares of the world though those aren't necessarily evil things the lusts of other things it depends on what we're lusting after i suppose but uh when they replace our love for god then we're choked become unfruitful second peter 1 4 again says whereby are given unto us Exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You know, what does lust bring? It brings corruption when we give in to that lust. You know, the passing of time, though, comes to a point in verse 15. Then, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. The birth of sin is clear. Temptations born out of our own lust, coupled with our embracing of those lusts, gives birth to sin. It's not a sin to to face temptation. We are to face temptation. In fact, verse 12 says we are to endure temptation. Being tempted is not a sin. Giving in and acting upon that lust and that desire that's where it becomes a sin. That's when uh, lust conceives and brings forth that evil child, so to speak, of sin. You know, sin, when it is finished, and that word really carries the idea of finished off. It's, it's done its part. It's done what it's supposed to do. It is used figuratively and passively as something that has completed its action, run its course, reached a final stage. What began as a desire has now caused the one misled by Satan into failing to hit the mark set for moral conduct by God for his people, which is the essence of sin. I found a quote here by A.T. Robertson. Uh, I think it's really uh, amazing to think about how he puts this. He says, The picture in James is that of an abnormal birth. Like a misshapen animal. He says, I myself have seen a five-legged cow, the fifth leg on the top of the back, standing straight up. When sin is born, death begins at conception and grows in fascinating power till a new birth comes. And lo, this child is death itself. The birth of death follows of necessity when one's death is fully formed, for sin from its first beginning carries death within it and so you think about the picture we see here giving birth the lust coupled with action the sinful action giving birth to this unholy thing this thing that is abnormal this thing that is misshapen this thing called sin that will destroy us carrying death within it You know, if one assumes the understanding of the imagery here in these verses is of a, you know, are sexual in nature, the following thought deserves careful consideration also. Before one allows sin to develop as is noted in the process above. You know, the the power of temptation is such that unless a stake is driven into its heart immediately, it may well overwhelm us. Kings have renounced their thrones. Saints, their gods, and spouses, their lifetime partners. People have been known to sell their souls, jobs, reputation, children, and marriage. They have literally chucked everything for a brief moment of sexual pleasure. And that comes from a quote by uh, Brother Wade Webster. And so how do we put this together and how do we overcome this temptation How do we prevent ourselves from being drawn away of our own lust and enticed into sin? You think about the picture that results from allowing sin to to pull us away from God, to corrupt us once more. How can temptation be overcome? You know, there's not a quick and easy answer. Nothing that is easy uh, will suffice. As with all spiritual questions, we, we've got to turn and find the answers in God's Word. And so, I want us to turn over and look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in verse 12. It says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take he lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you. But such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape. That ye may be able to bear it. Wherefore my dearly beloved flee from idolatry. And so notice here he says that that. There is no temptation that you're going to face that's not common to everyone. All people are tempted. Everyone faces this temptation. God knows that. He knows we're going to face that temptation. And He's faithful. He's going to provide a way of escape. You know, the word uh, translated way of escape comes from the Greek word ekbasis, or basis. Uh, Basically, uh, basis comes from the Greek word to walk, meaning to walk. And ek means out from or out of. And so literally, God will provide a way to walk out from the temptation. To walk away from it. That way of escape may only appear once and that only briefly. So don't hesitate to walk away. That's why he says in verse uh, 14, uh, flee from it. Here the temptation is a temptation into idolatry. You know, you think about this world and everything in it is an idol. If we let it be, the chiefs can be an idol. We know that. The Kansas City Royals can be an idol. The Dallas Cowboys can be an idol. Uh, if it replaces our love for God, if it comes between us and God. God's going to give us that way to escape if we choose to take it. And, but the word here, flee. Flee. I love this word. My favorite Greek word, fuego. You know, I think it just sounds like something that emphatic, you know, fuego, get out of here. Flee, run away. That's what it means to flee away, to seek safely by flights, to be saved by flight, to escape safely out of danger. You know, I made up this little poem a long time ago about Joseph. You know, when temptation reared its ugly head, Joseph shed his coat and fled. He ran away from that temptation. He didn't stick around and listen anymore. He put up with it for a while with Potiphar's wife. But when the time came to get out, he ran away. Didn't care what would happen to him afterwards. And we see in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 22, Paul says, Flee also youthful lusts, (coughs) but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Run away from those things. When that temptation comes. You know, that's part of why we examine ourselves, whether we're in the faith. Part of examining ourselves, know and identify what we are tempted with. There are things that may tempt you that don't tempt me at all. And there may be things that tempt me that aren't a temptation to you. We need to know what tempts us, because I know who does know. The devil knows what tempts us. We need to identify that. We need to know what it is that we can flee from when we see that situation start to come up. Get away from it. Run away. Flee. And so, you know, God's going to provide that way because we have free will. He's given us free will, and no one can force us against our will to turn on Him. Now, They can kill us if we don't. And they can put us in a situation to, uh, to give us in that temptation where we might. You know, if somebody put a gun to my head and said, Denounce Christ or I'm pulling this trigger. You know, there's going to be some temptation right there. The way of escape may not be to live on this earth anymore. The way of escape may be, you know, my free will. I'm not giving in. I'm not giving an inch. And the next thing I know, I might be in paradise. That's the plan anyway. Uh, And so, another thing we need to consider, we read it, that's why I wanted to start with verse 12, uh, 1 Corinthians 10. He says, uh, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. You know, the thought that is in our mind preceding the temptation is of major importance. The word thanketh indicates an ongoing, however, ill-placed idea that one is too spiritually strong to fall victim to sin. I've heard people make a foolish statement like that. That they could go and be in the presence of uh, naked women, uh, be places where people were drinking and partying, and not be affected in any way. Foolishness. Absolute foolishness. You know, the way out of temptation. Also, I think, could well entail ones recalled, uh, or when we recall Jesus' victory over the tempter. What did he say? Every time to every temptation, he said, It is written. Twice the devil used scripture, twisted it, perverted it, and Jesus overcame the temptation. It is written. You know, remembering that the Lord was tempted at all, punch, all points such as we are, yet without sin helps us also. Also, the thought that we're going to reap what we sow. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap corruption life everlasting and so you know it helps me to be faithful it helps me to overcome temptation knowing that if i sow to the flesh i am of the flesh going to reap corruption but probably the simplest thought comes from uh, psalms 119 verse 11 thy word have i hid in my heart that i might not sin against thee If you think, like verse 12, that you stand, take heed, lest you may fall. Don't be arrogant and think that you've got it all figured out. You know, it takes humility to understand that I am susceptible to to sin. it takes humility to, to admit it to myself and to others. To admit it to God. We've got to be humble enough To recognize our own sins. To recognize the things that that allure us and entice us to sin. To stay away from those things that allure and entice. To recognize when we do sin that we've got to repent and turn back. Jesus said you're going to face temptation. You're going to face trials. What he told them there in Revelation 2 and verse 10. He says, but be thou faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life. You know, temptation may seem, may seem like something you just can't overcome. You know, there may be people in the world that, that they think about, uh, you know, their idea of heaven just is maybe insufficient. They don't recognize how great and wonderful it's going to be. And they think it can't be whatever this 10 minutes of temptation that I'm going to give into, whatever that's going to bring me, can't be taught by heaven. They don't understand what heaven's about. We understand what it means to enter thou into the joy of the Lord and live there eternally. than anything on this world, no matter how tempting it may seem, we know, as Moses recognized when he left uh, Egypt, you know, not willing to, to, um, what's the word there? Lost it, but... uh, Call, willing rather to suffer with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin which are but for a season. Heaven is so much greater than anything that we could be tempted to do on earth. So let us not do anything to, turn our, to, to, to be turned away from God, to be turned away from our course. Perhaps you're here this evening and you have never obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have not escaped the pollutions that are in the world through lusts. You need to escape that. Jesus Christ died so that you can. He shed his blood to wash away your sins. If you're here tonight and you have not obeyed Christ, we urge you to to put on Christ in baptism. We urge you tonight if you haven't been faithful as a Christian, we urge you to repent and come back. Tonight, if we can help you to respond to the Lord's invitation, please let us come, please know my coming forward as together we stand and sing.